0: The Bible reading today comes from Matthew chapter twenty six I'll be reading from verse thirty six to forty five. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, "Sit here while I go over there and pray." He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, "My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death." The hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners.
1: Well, hopefully none of your praying is like that. But well, I think sometimes that ends up happening. We just come and kind of vomit all these prayers out. We just say stuff without necessarily even thinking about it or entering into a relationship. We're in the middle of a a series on prayer. It's a vision for this church this year, in particular, that we as a congregation and as individuals and our church as a whole develop in our relationship with God that our prayer life won't look like that. But rather the relationship that we have with Christ will be developed with the right attitudes coming out, that we're changed and that the way that we talk to him instead of being forced is a very natural thing. On the very first week, Daryl spoke and he talked about having honour and respect, understanding who God was, addressing him appropriately, knowing him as creator of the universe, holy, loving, full of wonder. And that we come in that attitude of respect and awe. On that Sunday evening we talked about the fact that we're to have an intimate relationship with God. As we understand how much he loves us and how much he cares for us and how much he wants to be a part of our lives that we will draw close to him and relate to him in that way as well. The second week we looked at being thankful, understanding all the wonderful things that God has done for us being aware of, of how much he impacts our life, being aware of how much he's involved in our life and coming to him giving thanks to him taking that part in the relationship. And I pray that in those two weeks you've been putting those things into practice in your life. If you've walked out of church on a Sunday in the morning or the evening and kind of forgotten all of that, then you're missing out on on growing in, in, in the depth of your relationship in terms of how to talk with the one who loves you and cares for you and wants to rule your life. So I pray you've been practicing those things. Last week in the morning, Daryl talked about confession. The idea that as we go through, even though we've been saved by Christ, our sins are forgiven, past, present and future, that we break the relationship by walking away from his plan for our life. We do, it, we do bad stuff on a daily basis. And we need, to, we need to bring that before him and have our relationship restored. So I pray that during the last week as you've gone through your day, you've been asking the Holy Spirit to to shine into your heart, to see those areas where you've maybe lived, said, thought or not done something that's been pleasing to God. And you can restore that relationship by by asking his forgiveness and asking his cleansing. So I pray that's been your experience during the week, that you actually have been trying to put into practice some of these things. No matter how good already you have in terms of relationship with Christ, we can always develop that intimacy and that depth of relationship. Last Sunday evening we talked about being having a heart of forgiveness towards others. That our attitude towards other people will not break our relationship with God and particularly if we know how much God has blessed us and been gracious to us and forgiven us that we might be forgiving to other people. So I pray you put all of those things into practice. Today we come in week four to in this morning, obedience and submission. In particular, I want to look at that, that phrase that, that Jesus prayed in terms of not my will but thine. Remember in the Lord's Prayer, it says, This then is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how that should be infusing our prayer that his will be done here amongst us and particularly in our lives as it is in heaven. What's his will like? How is that done in heaven? God desires something to be done. His angels carry it out. His very word has power. He desires there to be a world made and he just speaks the world and it is. God's will being done. And tonight we're going to be looking at accepting God's response. When God answers our prayer, however he answers it, being willing to accept that, and Daryl will be speaking on that this evening. But today, obedience, submission, thy will being done. Growing up, I suppose, this is one of the things that constantly kept getting brought up whenever we talk about prayer. If you pray something and God wants it to happen, it does. And if he doesn't, it doesn't. So it's kind of like you've got to let him know. And even if you don't, it's going to happen anyways, right? This is the kind of the idea we come to with prayer. So we kind of rock up and say a whole lot of things. Some he does, some he doesn't. It depends on whether he wants to or not. No wonder it is sometimes, I think, that we struggle with this idea of prayer because we're not necessarily sure of the point of it. We kind of think, in talking with people this week and, and in doing a lot of reading, and remembering my own life experiences, I pray because I'm told to pray. My obedience shows my love of God. So I pray. It doesn't do much, because God knows anyways, and he does what he wants anyways, and he's always going to do what he wants anyways, but I'm obedient, and I'm going to do it. And that seems to be, I think, sometimes the attitude that we come to is, now, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time there because I want to get to more to the practical, if you like, reasons why I think we struggle with this. But just to, to highlight the theology for one second. I think there are three things in particular I want to highlight. And again, it's only a sample. And I'm not going to go into a whole lot of depth. But I think these are three things that we need to hold to be true in our understanding of God, and particularly as it relates to our prayer life. Number one, God is sovereign. God does work all things according to his will. Ephesians chapter 1 says this, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. That's just in one area, but it talks about in all things for the purpose of his will, what God desires Comes about. We just have to look at at Christ's um, prayer that was read beforehand. Not my will, but thine be done. And then at the end, he goes and he goes to the cross. He suffers as as God desires. We just have to look through the story of Christ's birth and his life and look at the the fulfillment of it of prophecy. And we read through Paul's writings and we look at the Old Testament. God has a plan for the world and it comes about. He's sovereign, he's Lord of all. And that is a truth that we we hold dear to. This is the God that we worship. But there's a few other things that need to be put alongside that. We just don't hold that on its own. There are other truths. Sometimes we can't mesh them together, but nonetheless they're truths that scripture talks about. The second truth is, I want to look at this morning, is that we make real choices and they have real consequences and we're held responsible for them. So, for example, in James chapter 4, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? We read through the whole of scripture that in this world we also have a desire and a will. And we make choices that direct our path and bring us into enmity with God as we choose to do those things which are not what he desires to have in our life, and there are real consequences that come from that. There is blessing also that comes from that. But the choices that we make are real ones, and that also has to be held, if you like, I'm not to say in balance, but in the fullness of both truths. With the other one, that God's will comes about because He determines it to be that way. A third thing and I think in this whole area of prayer in the will of God, we have to hold to be true, is that prayer brings real answers from God. In other words, when we pray, change happens. In John chapter 16, it says this, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. We can't trivialise that statement. Jesus is basically saying if you ask of my father you will receive from him. The implication is also true you don't ask you won't receive. Matthew in chapter 7 Jesus talking says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for anyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. There's this concept coming through that the prayers that we offer to God where we seek to align our will with his will actually has real results. James says you don't get because you don't ask. It follows then that the choices that we make being real, when we align ourselves with the will of the Father and we ask in accordance with that which is his desire then he gives. If we don't ask he doesn't. And therefore we have to say well how is it that we can actually seek to align ourselves with his will? I suppose if if we want to step out of the theology and look at, at, at the situation which we often find ourselves It's this, God has a will for our life. He has a will that encompasses even the desires that we want, the desires in our life. He has a will for what that should be. But I also have a will that encompasses the desires for my life and the direction that I want to have. And that often these two wills, if you like, are in conflict with each other. God desires something, and I desire something else. I come then and say, this is what I want, God. And we know from the scriptures that he goes, nope. Sorry. The things that I give you are for your good, and they're in accordance with my will. But what that basically means is that when there's this conflict that's going on, either God's will or my will prevails. My will in some ways prevails at times in the choices that I make by deciding to ask for these things. But I ask for the wrong things and let us know that God's will prevails. He doesn't give. But if I ask according to his will, then my prayer, if you like, has effect. And God enters into that relationship of fellowship where we work together with each other and he blesses and he gives as we ask in accordance with his will. So what we want to do is to encourage in the congregation, encourage from the scriptures that we all have this attitude that when we pray, your will be done, that what we seek in our desires, what we ask of God, and the things that we talk about and share with him, is that God's will prevails over our will in the things that we talk about and the things that we ask about. I think, though, there are about at least five reasons that we struggle with asking and making you know the, the attitude of your will be done in our prayers. I think it's hard to pray, in other words, your will be done firstly because we don't know what God's will is. Yes. I think one of the biggest difficulties is in just saying I'm going to pray and align myself with Your will, Lord. What is we don't know what He wants. We come to a time of prayer about a situation, and we're not sure how to pray. He promises that if we pray in accordance with His will, He will answer, He will bless, and that if we ask, we receive. But when we come to the prayer, we're not sure what He wants. Prank for someone this week who was sick. Does he want them healed, he healed? Does he want them healed? Does he want them to go to heaven? Does he want them Yeah, Paul's comment, you know, as he's going towards, you know, I want to go home to glory, I don't want to go. He's not actually sure even in himself what it is that he would want to do. We don't know how to pray in these situations. And I think that's why it's hard sometimes for us to play in accord with your will. So what do we do about that? I think firstly we need to go back to the scriptures. We need to make certain that we are aware more and more of what it is that God desires for us to be asking him. What he wants in relationships. What he wants in terms of community. What he wants in terms of our attitude towards life. We ask for a raise in our job. Well, we really need to, before we ask something like that, to understand how God expects us to deal with our money and our time. We want blessing in this relationship and we say we need to go back and check from the scriptures what is it that you desire in relationship and is that what you would want that I have this relationship with this person? And sometimes the scriptures it seems are silent the principles are there and then we need to come and we ask, ask the Holy Spirit guide me in my prayers help me to understand your will help me to understand what God desires in this situation when we actually search out actively in his word and actively asking him to illumine our hearts, we have a greater confidence to pray, Lord, may your will be done. We can pray something like this, Lord, you've heard my prayer and I know that you're ready and willing to answer my prayer. I know that your word tells me your will. And I know that you promised to answer according to your will, so let your will be done in my life. John says this is the confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So I encourage you, before you come to your time of prayer, think through the list of things you want to ask God. Don't just rabbit them out. And think about them, it can be as you're praying. Lord, is this something that's inconsistent with your word if you read the Psalms one of the things that I love doing is reading through the Psalms and listen to how David actually almost explains his reasoning to God as he prays sometimes he says Lord this is the situation and you've promised this and on the basis of that this is what you say you're going to do and therefore I ask you to do this for your name's sake in other words he's thought it through he knows what he's asking is in line with God's will and he sees the blessing of God as God gives him what he requests so I think the first reason we don't know what God's will is we, we can deal with that if we if we seriously set our mind to thinking about what it is that we're asking for that our attitude is, is not just Uh, your will be done tag on at the end of our prayer but that we seek in each area of our prayer to say this isn't aligned with your will as far as I understand it It illumine my mind help me to understand more if it's not so that what I'm saying matches that my will is aligned with your will because I know you promised to give those things second reason I think that we struggle to say your will be done is because often it means giving up control of our life we align ourselves with God's will instead of ours and there's things that we want to do with our life and there's things that we naturally like to have happen and then to turn around and align ourselves and say God no we want you to do what you want in the world it means that we actually have to come into this attitude of submission and we we struggle to do that which is why I think sometimes we give God a couple of options Lord you can do this or this one or the other and then we don't get an answer and it's like well God I gave you the two options that are acceptable to me whereas if we actually search out after his will and ask him to do those things that align us to him we take we lose control I think the example here is in what we had the passage we had read to us. Jesus did not want to go through the suffering and anguish and torment. Yes, he wanted to save us, and yes, he loved us, but if it was possible, he would have done something else. And he came to his father and said, If it's possible, can you do it another way? Take this cup of suffering from me. I don't want to go through this, but you will be done and three times he kept coming back and asking God but submissive that God's will rule not wanting to take control away from God and at the end you notice he comes back to Peter and says the son of man is being betrayed and he steps forward into the plan that God has for his life that he's understood what God's will is I think we therefore need to be able to pray like this Lord, you've heard my prayer, yet I know you are king. I know that you desire that I obey and follow you even when it's difficult. And I know that I'm not in control of my life, you are. So let your will be done. Third reason I think it's hard to pray your will be done is that we lack, if you like, because we doubt that God wants what's best for us we're not certain that he actually knows what's good for me we're not we're not sure that in his plans and purposes he's actually going to do what is best for me and therefore we're not certain that that's what we want to the direction we want to head I was at a, a missions conference up at a a church in North Queensland, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Packed auditorium and they'd written this special song for the missions conference, which said, Lord, send me wherever you want to send me. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And they sang it with great gusto before I got up to speak. And as I got up, I said, let's sing that again. I've never met such a brave group of people in my life. There is... Ethiopia there's Sudan there's Bangladesh there's living in the slums of India and God could send you anywhere and you're happy to go you just prayed that prayer to God ah that's amazing let's sing it again well they did the music played not even the band sang there were five voices in the auditorium singing everybody else had. now I'm not sure if that's where I want to go (laughs) I'm not sure I'm happy to hand that over to God. What was the basis of all of that? There's this fear that if God sends me somewhere, I'm going to suffer. Rather than if God sends me somewhere, he's doing it for my good. What's great for me? And so sometimes I think when we come to prayer, we look at God's word and we understand what he wants of us. And we would love in some ways to be able to say, yes, Lord, do it, but... mm, Lord, take me and use me in my community, because I know that's what your word says you would want for me. <laughs> but I'm going to be an outcast in my community if I do that, and that's not going to be good for me. I'm going to lose friends. It's going to be difficult. Lord, help me to go and talk to my family about how much you mean to me so that they who don't know you might know you. Now, if I do that, what's my family going to do? How are they going to treat me? How are they going to reject? and there's just a myriad of examples that are out there in our prayers which come to all aspects of our life and instead we have to remember a passage like 1 Peter which says humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time cast all your on him for he cares for you as we come to, to, to bring before him our desires and to tell him what's happening in our life. We need to come with this idea of trust. That he knows best for us. And not only does he know best for us, what he brings us through, the pathway that he manoeuvres us through, if you like, as we conform to his will, will be good for us. He, he loves us. He cares for us. He's not going to take us places where bad things happen to us that aren't for our good he has our best interest in heart to conform us into the image of Christ. So we should be able to pray like this. Lord, you've heard my prayer. Yes, I know that you know better than me. I know you know what's best for me. You know, I know that you see all things and that you know all things. And I know that your plan is perfect. So let your will be done in my A fourth reason I think it's hard for us to pray your will be done is because we know that sometimes such prayers will involve suffering and pain. We know that as we ask God to do his will in our life and his will in our family and his will in our community that sometimes that involves us going through trials and tribulations. We know it's going to be difficult. We have the example of Christ in the passage that we read and we look through the New Testament and we see what happened to Peter and we see what happened to Paul and we look at the disciples and the fact that every single one of them except John and he was exiled were killed for their faith and we think well if we walk in conformity with his will if we ask and if our desires become his desires even if it's good for me it's going to hurt and I'm not that sure that's where I want to go. I'm not sure that's what I want to go through. And I have to remember passages like Philippians. Chapter 4 says this. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Why? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. We need to understand that as we come to him and we want to conform our will to his will, particularly in the desires that we ask. Because we know that as we ask things in conformity with his will, he will send the blessing and he will answer our prayer that we can have a peace. Because even through those difficulties he promises to guard us, to guard our hearts and our minds that as we go through them we will be protected protected by him and we can therefore go and step if you like with confidence peacefully into whatever pathway he sets for us now prayer can be like this Lord you've heard my prayer and I know that you hear and are near to me I know that you know what I need even before I ask you and I know that your comfort gives me peace as I pray so let your will be done in our life my life The fifth reason, and there are more but the last one for today, but I think we find it hard to pray your will be done, is because we know that we often have to pray things that are against the status quo. The world has a desire to go in one direction and we often like to fit in with that. But when we come in submission under the will of our Father in Heaven, often we need to go against the flow. Now, we seem to be in an age sometimes it's like going against the flow but that doesn't necessarily mean going against the flow in the direction of Christ. We're very happy to be rebellious but we don't necessarily want to be rebellious towards God. We want to be rebellious towards the people around us to show we're individuals. But when we actually seek to align ourselves with Christ the world and and uh, Peter talks about this and the Hebrews talks about it the world looks at us and shuns us. If you like, they see us as not fitting in. We're aliens, we're foreigners. We're against the status quo. And so we, I think, often don't want to come and say, Lord, do as you will in my life. Let me seek out and know what it is you want and I will step into it. Because we know that as we step into that, we are going to automatically be putting ourselves in a direction which is against the world. And we struggle with that. 1 Peter chapter 1 says this, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. What we need to do is to look and say that yes, for a while we'll be stepping against the flow, but the end, the, the overarching will of God is that we might know his salvation. And that through that, the glory that is at the end, his name, his praise, and our salvation with him far exceeds any of the difficulties that we go through at the moment. And we would be able to pray like this, Lord, you've heard my prayer. And I know that with you a thousand years is like a day. And I know that you will shield me by your power until the coming salvation is revealed. I know that you are doing a good thing in me. So let your will be done in my life. You see, we don't, pray to impress God. We don't pray to inform God of anything. We pray to invite God to work with us or rather to have fellowship with us that we might learn to be dependent on him, that we might learn to be obedient to him. He wants us not to live independently but dependence. And when we pray we enter into that relationship of dependency. We enter into a relationship of fellowship. We work with God. Second Corinthians says we become workers together with him. That's why I, I don't think it's just this mechanical thing. And the scriptures teach that when we pray, we receive. If we understand what God's will is and we ask him to, to do those things. He answers and he blesses. And we work with him in accord with his will to see his blessing in our life, but also going out into the community and our family. I must admit, that's one of the reasons that we have the prayer session this afternoon, the second Sunday of every month, to pray for our lost family and friends. To say, Lord, we want you to work in their hearts. As we come with this that we know from scripture that God desires that he would bless people by them coming to know him as we ask him we see his blessing we see a growth in relationships as those people who don't know him get turned toward him because he answers prayer that's in accord with his will and we enter into this relationship with God where we grow that our overall relationship now becomes one which is more dependent, which is more submissive, which is more obedient, we become more like Christ. We pray submissively in accord with His will for these reasons, that we might invite Him to work in our heart to mold us and make us to be like Christ. So I suggest this week, before you pray, as you write a list of things that are on your heart, think about them before you bring them to the Lord, as you bring them to the Lord. What does God want in this situation? Where is he headed? What does his word say? And if you're not sure, say, Holy Spirit, teach me, guide me, give me wisdom so that I know where you want to head in this situation and know and understand that as we have that desire, the word of God promises the Holy Spirit will even groan for us at times. Bringing our misunderstanding and miscommunication before God, if our desire is there, that his will be done. He promises to answer. Here's a simple prayer that I think might be used if you are struggling to let go of your will for your life instead of aligning yourself with him, O oh Lord, your will be done. nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And we want that to happen within our life, within our family, our careers, with our children, with our parents, for our dreams for the future, in the way that we speak to one another, in our friendships, in our jobs in our. And I pray that we will, as we find we are aligning ourselves with Him that our relationships deepen and our prayers grow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father we ask that Your will be done amongst us in us, through us nothing more Nothing less. Nothing else. Amen.